Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast powered by Cinnamon. I'm Ewan Graf, and as always, I'm joined by Lakwantili. I'd like to dedicate this award to my Orthodox rabbi, James Cameron. Yes, we're going to talk about the Game Awards and just a little bit of news from the movie world. Sweet. And I caught up with a whole bunch of new releases over on Netflix, including Troll, Scrooge, and the steamy adaptation of Lady Chatterley's Lover. And I also caught Will Smith in the Apple TV Plus original Emancipation. And Lachlan caught up with See How They Run and gave Elvis another try. Today, the main topic is a special one in our hearts. To prepare for the greatest cinematic release of this decade, you and I went back to 2009. Today, we are covering James Cameron's most successful movie ever, Avatar. We are professionals. This is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually did you this get is gonna me a hat a as bit... well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. So welcome back, Lachlan. Thank you for your really unique introduction. There, it feels like you Thanks. didn't even need to need, didn't even need to steal my spotlight to make that statement. No, we'll get into that in, in a second. Some I people guess. aren't going to get that either. That yes. joke I've realized. That's even funnier than I. I said it to my mate the other day, and he goes, "What?" And I went, "Ah, this is awkward because <laughs> not everyone's in the same circle as us, Yuan. You know, not everyone thinks. Yeah, true, just, true, true. How am I going to?" describe this on my podcast that i do with my best friend who lives in another country you know yeah. anyways you can find uh, all of the stuff we'll be talking about uh linked below in the time codes uh if you want to skip around to anything specific specifically i guess that mentioned from the start if you didn't get it maybe you'll find a time code that relates to that uh hint it's from the game awards uh which is actually the first thing we're going to talk about today because we are uh moving over to the quick news section um, and first up in quick news is exactly those game awards. We'll, I guess, talk about uh, the incident that happened at the end at the end uh, here. But uh, most notably, I think the, um, a game that you really enjoyed so far. I don't know if you finished it yet. Uh, God of War Ragnarok uh, got a whole bunch of awards. Uh, didn't take home the main trophy, though, for uh, Game of the Year. That went to uh, the From Software game Elden Ring they also unveiled uh, a new uh, sequel like uh, like something mechs or whatever six so <laughs> I don't know looked pr quite interesting and then uh, we also got an announcement for the sequel to Hades uh, a game that uh, I own uh, I also played it Lachlan a bit I know that's that's something that rarely happens for like an hour or two uh, but I definitely want to finish that one up um, I think that one game of the year uh, one or two years ago uh, looks great. And then a series that I've tried to catch up uh, on, but uh, haven't finished entirely yet, won um, the best adaptation prize, the new one that they unveiled here. Uh, and it went to Arcane, the Netflix original. Another one that uh, we talked about on the show before, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, uh, didn't edge it out uh, there. I feel like so far, having seen Arcane, I would still give it to Cyberpunk for being the superior one. But uh, other nominees included like uh, Sonic and I think the, um, what was it, Uncharted as well. So I don't know, not like steep competition, but um, but yeah, uh, so that's all the stuff that happened uh, at the Game Awards. And um, yeah, we also got the Sundance lineup. We won't be going over it. Uh, if we end up doing coverage for Sundance, I guess you can, uh, we'll talk about it uh, some more then. But 
Uh, Lachlan, what did you think about those uh, the, the wins and I guess the the uh, the iconic and odd nature of how this ended <laughs> the game awards ended with someone being arrested look okay we'll just get the elephant out of the room with that guy who ran on stage when Elden tiny elephant was, more like a mouse uh, when the creators were doing their speeches he also then ran onto stage it was just a you know it, it's the will smith slap of the game awards is basically this guy yeah. it's the only interesting thing that kind of happened so you know what the internet lost their mind because this guy had this opportunity to do something and he you know, just did a meme and it was quite funny. But um, the actual awards themselves, Elden Ring winning, mm -hmm. I, I understand. It was an excellent game. I didn't play much of it. I played about 12 hours and then it was just not for me. I played God yeah. of War. I finished it. It was great. Christopher Judd getting the best performance. Who, by mm -hmm. the way, Al Pacino Al yeah. fucking Pacino announced that award. Yeah. yeah. What the that's fuck? Where the cross, anyway, yeah, so, that's crazy. That's where the that crossover with a lot of the movies happens. As like games oh, get man. more and more established, they just cross over way more. And um, yeah, yeah, like the performance as Kratos uh, by, uh, um, yeah, you know his name. I'm, I'm blanking on it. Uh, yeah, incredible performance from him there. So um, it's like, longest you know, speech of any award ever. He was speaking yeah. for like 15 minutes. Uh, but to, to, to give my quick run through of, of basically all the announcements, um, Armor mm -hmm. Core 6 from software, yeah. super excited. You then got, uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 DLC coming out I and mean, that's already been announced, but who the hell cares? Uh, mm -hmm. on some of that as well, obviously there's that new Judas game, which is made by the same creator as Bioshock, some of the greatest video games of all time. Uh, you've yeah. also got the wickedly, uh, uh, announced Hades 2, which mm -hmm. I enjoyed Hades with a passion and I picked it up on a whim and I really loved it. By the way, I'm the games guy in this freaking podcast. You and I, I try to be more. Like I should be doing I, this I, section. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, you should. But I, I try to be. I definitely uh, want to be. I give up Star Wars so easily, but not the games. I'm also want, the Star Wars guy. And there's the Star yeah. Wars trailer that came out with the Fallen Order, yeah. uh, well, Fallen Order sequel. Cool. What is it called? Fallen uh, Jedi Survivor or something like I know, that. Still um, I'm super keen for that. Uh, yeah. But for me, it was mainly the the Death Stranding two trailer yeah. that really caught my eye because, as Baby you said, edition. video games are becoming this uh, thing where you've got mainstream actors acting in, you know, this in 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 yeah. the video game world, and sometimes it's not even actors. I mean, as we spoke yeah. last week, uh, Guillermo del Toro did a Pinocchio movie. He was also mm. visually captured to go into a video game, and it was a yeah. main character. He didn't voice it, but he was visually. Mm the character himself yeah. so to have this kind of world crossover it's kind of exciting because there are some really cool acting things especially with the advancements of motion capture thanks mm -hmm. to uh, a particular movie we're talking about today and the advancements yeah. of motion capture james um, cameron is just the inventor of everything in every game He'd every like game that's every happened should one. be thanking james cameron <laughs> get on your knees bow down to our lord and savior james uh, our orthodox rabbi james cameron for his incredible <laughs> advancements in the mocap technology, because without yeah. it, you won't be having uh, a Norman Reedus in Death Stranding 2. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Also, Leah Sadu and was the probably game Andy Circus as the baby, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Who's yes. playing the baby? Is the baby uh, playing the baby? Probably not. It's just a motion-captured baby. <laughs> you probably capture a whole bunch of crying on that. I don't know how, how much of that is yeah. the story. I, I haven't played... Death Stranding, I think you played a bunch of it, right? Yeah, I played the entire thing. I was going to 
trying to platinum the game, but I decided not to. Uh, I bought yep. it on PC many, many months back to replay it, but never got around because it is it is quite a long game in the sense mm-hmm. that you know it's how we watch slow. Death Stranding as a video game is kind of like the uh, uh, what was John that Demon? movie that got announced for Sight and Sound? Yeah, last, John Demon. two weeks ago. Yeah, where it's a long thing and it's not really yeah. a, it's not really like a video game where it has More it experience. has aspects of a yeah. of a movie but it's not really a movie where the same thing with Death Stranding where it's like it's a video game but it has some interesting elements that make you go well at the end of the day it's a walking simulator uh but you yeah know, it's Hayao Kojima who who in my opinion is one of the coolest video game creators he he's basically mm. the uh Oh, who would I compare him to? That's an interesting one. I wouldn't. I was gonna say Quentin Tarantino, but I don't no, think it is. I would is. say more like. Spielberg I would say that Scorsese, he's. Um, right? I was gonna say he's kind of like a Scorsese, where because yeah. I feel like Spielberg is very, you know, Commercial this is still. my thing. Where yeah. Scorsese has done a number of different things, and he's. You know, he's still quite creative in what he can do. So, but he's I not would say that Hayao Kojima is the Scorsese. But I guess yeah, his games well, are quite successful. So I guess the Spielberg. I wouldn't it's, say it's, that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they're as successful as a number of the other games that have come out. So I don't. I don't think that they're. I think they're still quite weird enough that people won't watch it. It's kind of like um. Yeah. It's like Taxi Driver. When Taxi Driver came out, no one wanted to fucking watch it, but then it became a cult classic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what we didn't get to talk about that with sight and sound, but I've heard some other people have really interesting conversations about it, and um, you know, the need for film culture and like film um, reception to evolve is kind of necessary. And for such a long time, the site and sound list was really similar. And now that they've kind of almost, I think, doubled or whatever, uh, the amount of people who can vote in it, uh, it just feels like, you know, uh, there's there's room for more films now. And it's, I, I feel like it's, it's way more diverse. Better. Yeah, the, the film canon is changing. You know, it, it's, it's something that's yeah. moving, it's flowing. It's not stagnant. It's not all just a look back, although it's always a look back, but it's also a look back through a different lens each time, you know, as yeah. we move with time. So I feel like that's that makes it so interesting and um, spaced out like 10 years apart. It, it, I, I feel like it's it's great. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to dedicate a project to it to to go over the films that I haven't seen yet in the sight and sound list. So be on the lookout, I, I guess, for that. Uh, as well as our trailer watch, uh, each Sunday I go over a bunch of our trailers. I haven't done it for the last two weeks because it's been kind of light on trailers. But uh, yeah, uh, later to well, this episode will already be out and I've already done it. Also go check it out. The live stream is captured. You can go watch it on, on the channel as well, but I'll be doing that. Um, but uh, Lachlan, without further ado, we got a whole bunch of stuff that uh, we watched this week. So uh, let's just jump straight into what we've been watching. You want to kick it off with uh, what you've been watching. Well, let me let me kick it off by finishing what I said last week. And I had 30 minutes of uh, 18.99 left on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what so far, the it? show was really good. Yeah. Uh, it was. It kind of fell apart for me, if I'm totally honest. It became too much <laughs> yep. of a look at us. Look how freaking crazy this world's getting uh, mm-hmm. for me. Uh, I j- I just didn't like that. It's kind of uh, it's kind of similar to how Stranger Things has tried to expand it so quickly, and it's just like it's just too much going on. Yeah, I can see your cats are playing behind you, you and they're very very cute, adorable cats. Yeah. Uh, so eighteen ninety nine. I'll tell you what, I will give it a solid. Se- 
seven and a half out of ten uh, because it's a TV show, not a movie, so I can't rate it on IMDb stars. It mm-hmm. is an enjoyable watch. It's a fun time. You should definitely watch it. Some really interesting uh, ideas in it. I yeah. also started Yellowstone, the show, oh. yeah, uh, because I heard a lot of number of uh, I had a number of good things about it. I love Kevin mm-hmm. Costner. I love uh, his name is is his name Mark. His name is not Mark. Uh, Tyler Sheridan. That's his name. It was completely gone away from me. Oh, okay. uh, Taylor Sheridan, who is a incredible writer with his work. Uh, also, just an incredible filmmaker in general. I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff. Ewan, do we need to read some of his stuff out to you? Sure, yeah. I don't think let it is. Let me just read a couple. Mainly, I'll right? just look. I'll just read out his 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 written stuff. So you've got Sicario, you've got okay. uh, Hello High Water, you've got mm. Wind River, uh, yeah. you've got Sicario, Day of the Soldado, you've got yeah. uh, the greatest Tom Clancy movie, Without Remorse. Uh, <laughs> those well. who wish me dead, and then you've yeah. got Yellowstone mm. as well. Uh, yeah. um, so I, I, I really like his earlier stuff more than his more recent stuff, but yeah. at the end of the day, uh, I, 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 he, he, he's, he's got a really interesting way of telling stories and it's also put together by some really awesome directors at the same time. So Yellowstone, mm-hmm. I've started getting into it and I'm excited to see where it goes. So the yeah. next one is Elvis. I had already seen this, but I forgot to log it on Letterboxd because mm-hmm. I thought, I can't remember why I forgot to let it log it on Letterboxd, but we're here now. So I was going to give it just a, a three and a half because that's what I felt like I wanted to give it. And then I went, uh, I probably shouldn't do that just off of a whim of what it was like. Cause I remember yeah. I've been seeing it on, you know, social media and scrolling and seeing certain scenes and, and, and to be fair, Baz Luhrmann is great at doing moments, but it gives me a fucking yeah. headache watching his movies. Cause they're just so in your face <laughs> and there's just so much. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad filmmaker, because he can definitely do a good job showing off this glamorous lifestyle. And he's one of the visually, like very visually focused filmmakers. He's just so good at what he does when it comes to the visual side of things. But for me, mm-hmm. it's just too much. I feel like I'm about to have an epileptic fit watching some of his movies. <laughs> and again, Elvis is the same. So yeah. I, I, I kind of remember that from first time watching it. But this time watching it, it was just, it was just too much for me. I couldn't be bothered. I gave it two stars. Out of five. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, yeah. It's funny because not it's kind of moving up as an even higher contender for the Oscars as some films are kind of uh, losing momentum a bit. I feel like it's got a shot. Yeah. And that's annoying me best, because. That's, yeah. Ugh. That's just, a, that's just a, the Oscar effect. Look, to be fair, to be fair, uh, Austin Butler's performance would probably good. be yeah. good if the story yeah. was coherent enough so that it wasn't just yeah. a mixed match of a scene because mm. the the scenes in these films they kind of go from a to b to c to d to e to f to g but there's no like beat in between to kind of bring you into that it's just like an immediate like yeah. here's the scene here's the scene here's the scene here's the scene and it's just mm-hmm. so much goes on in saying that though baz Luhrmann's individual scenes like the individual scenes themselves are excellent they are very mm. good well crafted I think the writing is is all right between the characters, and I think for most parts, every performance besides Tom Hanks is quite good. Tom Hanks yeah. playing a this Tom character Hanks is, is just, horrible in this. It's really I, I thought he was comic relief. Is he comic yeah. relief? He's probably. Comic I don't know. Anyway, I still don't know. Um, was there a reason we didn't do Elvis this year? By the way. Yeah. Well, huh? I 
can't remember what the reason was. I think it was like interest uh, that I thought that like there's this better films to cover because I didn't really like like it uh, that much. But uh, yeah. it's gained some momentum. Um, but but yeah, maybe we'll talk about it a bit more uh, when it gets those like Oscar uh, nominations. But yeah, not, never was a was a main review. It came out in I think it was May or June. What were we mm. doing in June? Oh, you know what it probably would have been? Top Gun Maverick, Obi-Wan. So we did it we did episode 98. So this is the time of episode 100. So I think we 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 scrapped doing Elvis and we did episode 100 100 instead. Uh Oh uh, yeah. Oh, that was yeah, probably more actually, important yeah. than covering that. That's probably what it Damn. was. I think it's that's already what it was, half yeah. a year ago. Damn. Anyway, Elvis two uh, two stars out of 5 uh you can find a good time out of it, but unless you want to take some sort of, uh, you know, anti-inflammatory for your head or some sort of anti-epileptic Something that slows down the world, you know, something mellow, yeah, I'd um, suggest. Then go watch this film. And the last thing I want to cover, I feel like this mm. is like usually what you do. You talk about a, like, a lot of films. Like, this is a bit weird that no, I'm talking about No, that's great. I love this. this. I love, I love taking a backseat okay, here. You only get to speak about one thing this week, Ewan. Um, the last one Netflix. is a whodunit. Again, I'm on yep. my little thing about uh, watching 2022 films to catch up for my top 10 list. Uh, yeah, yeah. See how they run. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I agreed. <laughs> it was okay. That's, yeah, another uh, movie we didn't cover because it was just kind of all right. <laughs> Not much to say. I, I, it was okay. Uh, I yep. didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I think there's a mm. lot of issues with it. Uh, I love Saoirse Ronan. She's wicked at what she, she does is, yeah. in pretty much everything. Sam Rockwell as well has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Uh, so does, seven so does Adrian Brody as well. Um, yeah. Uh, but like it, it was, it was a more enjoyable time for me than Elvis, especially because mm-hmm. the comedy in this was fairly good. And funnily enough, the, the, this kind of, backdrop to this play uh reminded me a lot of the broadway uh the the play that went wrong that I actually saw in new york when i went to america uh, right. I, went, I we were it was last minute we wanted to go see something of course we we're in new york so we got to go see something called mm-hmm. broadway so we went and saw uh this essentially like this parody of a west end london play uh called the the play that went wrong and basically it's like a disaster of like a play and it was really fun to watch and it gave me yeah. a lot of comedy from that that I enjoyed as well. So mm-hmm. for me, See How I Run was just a little bit better than Elvis because of the comedy. That's why I gave it two and a half stars out of five. Um, but it's definitely not yeah. making it onto my top ten list. Yeah, it's also better than Amsterdam from David O. Russell. Uh, you know, that's uh, another who done it this year. I haven't seen that yet. Don't tell me because I've got to still watch it. I might like I don't know. It. That's that's why I'm mentioning. I don't know if you need to watch it because it's not even okay. How many movies have you seen this year from 2022? Um, I don't know, like a hundred, maybe. Like a hundred. It, so? It's not. It's not gonna be top fifty. Like oh really? Sure. That bad? It, it, so yeah, I probably should it. not prioritize it. So I've got my yeah. I've got my watch list here. Pearl. You haven't seen Pearl yet. I feel like Pearl. Be up Pell's not out yet that's, though. Here, it's on on VOD, I think. Um, okay. Uh, but but yeah, we can do so, this. We can do this after show, but uh, heaps of stuff. Yeah, we probably should do this after the show. Catch up on. Um, I think. Uh, well, we'll talk about it with new releases, but uh, you know, we'll get uh, Spielberg sooner than Lisa. 
uh, sooner than sooner than later. <laughs> I don't know what kind of mess up went there up in my head, but uh, yeah, Lachlan, let's talk about what I've watched. Um, I'll, I'll keep it short. That's a lie. Uh, no, I'll try and keep it short. I watched a whole bunch of Netflix's uh, new stuff um, that was already out a week ago, but I I was just too busy. I didn't get to it, and I tried to 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 watch all of those. Uh, caught the caught the Norwegian film Troll. Uh, we did like a trailer watch a couple of weeks ago, Lachlan. Uh, if you remember, and it was basically this uh, Godzilla-like creature that attacks uh, Norwegian town, and it's it's like those American films. It's just there to show off. We got military power, but the military is kind of dumb, so we need someone to step in and have like a, a human connection with them. To like, it, it's very by the numbers, uh, but it's 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 okay. It's not better than any of those American films. It's pretty much the same. Um, it was an animated adaptation of Scrooge that was. Uh, you know, it has that like cheap animation style where everyone's super flat and the lighting is, is kind of harsh. It, it's just really unpleasant to watch, uh, but it's just another like really safe adaptation of Scrooge. Uh, nothing to write home about there. Also not too great. And then um, <laughs> move move over uh, the after series and move over 365 days. We got a, a period piece with uh, enough pizzazz and sex and nakedness um to challenge it uh the adaptation of the very stevie novel uh lady chatterley's lover uh hit netflix and yeah it's, it's a sexy movie lots of, of sex that they had and uh, i kind of um you know googled the story uh to see how many adaptations uh they've been and they've been a shit ton of adaptations of this of the story uh but but yeah kind of all right it's it's what you can expect the story is not like nothing to ram home about if you you go there for the intensity of the sex scenes and the, the lust and the, the, the love. Um, but, but yeah, that's that. Uh, Netflix is doing a whole bunch of like these horrible uh, Christmas and holiday films. Uh, one of them being The Noel Diary that I checked out because I think it hit like number one in charts on Netflix. Uh, it's, it's horrible. It's The Noel Diary is a pun on a character that's named Noel. Uh, and you know, <laughs> Noel as as in Christmas. It's really really stupid. It's it's like a Hallmark movie, but I guess Netflix does them as well now. And then lastly, on Netflix, Jonah Hill did a documentary on his uh, on his uh, not psychiatrist on his on his shrink. They call him uh, he calls himself a shrink as well. And um, it, I think this is an interesting one, uh, Lachlan. It's not like a great documentary, I'd say, because. It's very much about the process of uh, Jonah Hill not knowing how to go about this documentary. So he tries to be like open about the pro process of them simulating a day of therapy, but they're shooting it for over two years. Um, so, so it's like interesting for that aspect. Uh, and it's great for people who <laughs> are not in therapy and then they kind of maybe get some tips on what you would get out of a good therapy session, but they should probably still go to actual therapy therapy themselves uh that stuts and then um lastly uh, apple tv plus's contender this year for the oscars i don't know what else they got that's really big because scorsese's film is it even at apple anymore or is paramount doing that uh, anyways that's coming out not until 2023 but emancipation uh the return of will smith uh, in the leading acting category <laughs> potentially getting another nomination for um this i guess uh slave story emancipation story of of it's basically a survival uh film from antoine uh fuka who did uh the 
the Training Day films and Equalizers. He's worked a whole bunch with uh, Denzel Washington and, and now here with Will Smith. We, we get a survival story uh, that's not really focusing, um, I don't know, the, the, the intentions aren't really at the right place here. I feel like it's, it's a survival story of, of a slave trying to escape slavery and then those films is like okay what's what's the purpose are you just um putting misery on screen for the sake of it uh for for awards or i I don't know i don't know why you would would, would want to really tell the story other than like ooh, he gives a great performance but he fights a crocodile in this lachlan um so it's a bit over the top and uh that's emancipation that's all i've been watching apart from um my little project that i started uh, in short form, go check it out if you want to on YouTube and on TikTok. You can find those little reviews. I'm going over every Best Picture winner. Uh, it's been um, a dreadful experience so far because there's there's not a lot of good stuff, Lachlan, if you can remember from the late 20s, early 30s. There's a bunch of stuff that is just not really hitting that hard, uh, but I'm going through uh, all of them. And uh, yeah, Avatar time. Avatar time. Let's get blue. Don't be blue. Let's get blue and talk about Avatar. Uh, one of the rare instances where Lachlan and I get to review a film. It's over a decade old by now. Um, you know, the sequel has been in the making apparently for a decade plus as well. Ridiculous. It's for James Cameron's Avatar. A paraplegic marine dispatched to the moon Pandora on a unique mission becomes torn between following his orders and protecting the world he feels is his home. Wow, does that read like a multi-billion dollar film? I wouldn't say that like from the first glance, nope. but that's certainly what Avatar did with a budget of 237 million. It made 2.91 billion, that's a B, not an M, dollars. Uh, that's almost three, Ewan. <laughs> it's almost three. Hey, honestly, we should just round that up to there. three. It will definitely get there. I feel like this movie is going to claim to like 3.2, 3.3 in its lifespan because we got sequels announced until 2028 for this franchise. Oh and they haven't even done a second one yet. <laughs> so, so that's Avatar. Uh, it's been out for a while. So our ratings are actually not even at all affected by recency bias. So we got a 3.5 on Letterboxd, a 7.8 on IMDb and an 83 on Metacritic. That's higher than I expected, if I'm being honest. Uh, but uh, this film also comes at a runtime quite long, uh, 162 minutes, not as long as I think the 190 minutes that the sequel will have. Uh, I'm seeing it uh, quite soon. Actually, when this episode releases, I'll probably uh, be in the theater right then and there watching it. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, but before uh, I get to watch that in preparation for the sequel, uh, Lachlan and I rewatched Avatar. Uh, so... Yeah, Lachlan, um, it's been 10 years. Maybe we can uh, share our stories of uh, how, of how we first uh, went to see uh, Avatar, you know, because it's been a while. Oh, that's, that's perfect. I, I would love to share how I actually watched Avatar because it's yeah. uh, not where you might think. Because obviously back in 2009, the hype for this film was real. Like, there was a, yeah. a massive hype around it. Uh, and yeah. I was quite young back then in 2009. Mm -hmm. I was nine years old. That's mm. how old I was. I was very, very, yeah. very young. Hey, uh, together we make something remember. you can never forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was 11. I remember <laughs> the, the 
excitement around it. I remember the awe factor around Avatar because I, I do remember that yep. from 2009, funnily enough. Um, I never saw the film in cinemas. Uh, mm-hmm. However, the way I saw Avatar was I rented it from the local Video Easy, which is mm. the Australian blockbuster. We had blockbuster, but Video yep. Easy was like the the Australian chain of movie rentings. So we mm. rented Avatar, and I went home and watched it, and I was amazed. I really was. Mm. Like I, I, I do remember watching it for the first time and being like, "This is this is awesome." And then yeah. I completely forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does that to you. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. This this movie had a really unique run of being in theaters for for so so long. I think it was. It came out in December or November and was in theaters until June. Uh, I think it was in the top ten for like fifteen weeks. Something that rarely happens unless you're a sequel to Top Top Gun. Um, but I I think I caught this in the theater. And I remember having really, it's actually the local theater that is still open uh, to this day uh, here, which, you know, you can't take for granted nowadays with lots of chains closing down. Um, But uh, yeah, it had those like really thick, uh, like red uh, 3D goggles that I had to uh, put on that you had to return. Uh, Now, after that, I think they had like a whole bunch of disposable ones. And these were like the premium ones that were a bit better. I also remember my family going to see this film and they charged extra for it being overlong and 3D. So it was like the most expensive cinema going experience as well, which might add to like the total of this really high gross because Peter James were like, well, this is over 160 minutes long. Or I think like some places charged over 140 minutes uh, already or 150. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you got to rent this uh, 3D uh, goggles. So. Gave, give us another 10 bucks or something like that. And uh, also to me, I, I feel like it didn't strike a chord with me as much. I don't think I, it, it stayed with me. It was one of like my quintessential movie going experiences. I feel like at that point, I felt like the fighting was probably the most exciting stuff that happens later on. And when the destruction of nature happens, you're like, no, don't do that. Uh, and uh feel like the death scenes, although they don't seem to be consequential because we literally see everyone who dies return in the sequel, apart from, I guess, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, it feels a bit, uh, feels a bit That's odd. That's because she got blown like, up by, a, by the mothership. She did get blown up by the mothership, which was a, better, a bigger thing. But um, yeah, uh, Sigourney Weaver is returning in the sequel, right? And then the same as Stephen, uh, Stephen Lang. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, to to me, um, also not really a super memorable experience, but one of the first times I got to see an overlong three uh, D three D film, um, and one I think from um, recollection that did it uh, quite decently, you know. And then after that, we can av- we can blame Avatar for having a whole bunch of era where for a five six year period everything had to be in three D. Um, but yeah, Lachlan, uh, what do you think about like Avatar overall? I think you hinted at that it's like not a movie that's really stays with you or has any like cultural impact, but somehow it made a shit ton yeah. of money. I said back in the last episode that Avatar is the most successful film whilst also being the most culturally insignificant film mm. at the same time. Uh, because yeah. no matter what, it it will 
when you first watch Avatar the first time, you go, yeah, this is a great film. And if you rewatch it, you still go, yes, this is a great film. However, mm-hmm. I believe due to the lack of immediate sequels, it did not solidify itself as a cultural icon. Yeah. It is known as the Blue People Avatar because <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender is a significantly better use of the word avatar at this current mm-hmm. point in time. I think that people find when they say avatar, most of the time you're referring to The Last Airbender. And yeah. there obviously was these articles I've recently read that they changed to Avatar The Last Airbender to The Last Airbender with the name The Last Airbender at the end of it because of James Cameron's avatar, even way before it was mm. being produced. Moving on. This film is good. There's yeah. no denying that this is a good film. And anyone who says it's a bad film is is not watching it because you're mm. looking at one of the best living filmmakers to date, one of the best modern living filmmakers to date, who is so selective with these films that he directs. It is ridiculous. He will direct something, he'll just produce a bunch of stuff, and then he'll come back to it. He, James Cameron is so selective with what he does, but he is one of the best craftsmen in this field. He knows how to do action, and that is why I agree with you on the point that you said. The action in this film is the best part. Yeah. But... The thing that links it all together, the story, the story of this uh, indigenous native tribe going up against an invading force is something that mm-hmm. we've seen before. Yeah. But there's nothing that this story adds on top that's not new and unique in that way of storytelling. If we mm-hmm. kind of refer it back to you know yeah. the Pinocchio we've recently watched, there's a mm-hmm. lot of Pinocchio stories out there but this is the only one that I can really remember that deals with a completely different topic instead, and that's death. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. this film, Avatar, is like any other film where there's sort of like a, you know, we're destroying the planet bad kind of thing. It doesn't add any extra elements into that. It's, yeah, not, yeah. A, it's not me dissing it in a way that's, <laughs> hey, this, they shouldn't have done this. They should make more of a message because at the end of the day, it's still a good film. But mm-hmm. that is why it's not solidified itself as when I say avatar as, oh, you mean blue people avatar, blue cat people avatar. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, it's like, it it gives you very simple characters. Like you could go say about Jake Sully because he hooked up because he got his dick wet. (laughs) He's on their side. Uh, (laughs) That's essentially what happens. And I, I feel like it, it it wants to go into um some themes that might be a bit deeper than that, but uh, it has really uh one noted characters the ba- uh, the bad guy who cares about money, the bad military guy, and there's no I guess nuance to them. They could all just be um like these these uh, figures that you just move around um <laughs> and shuffle. Uh, so it, to, I don't know. To to me, um, I feel like this is visually really stunning. And I f- think that's what James Cameron does does well. That's what uh, Sp- Spielberg is also super great at, you know, making these iconic shots and moments. But uh, with other films that Cameron has done, the uh, hero at the center with Sigourney Weaver in an Aliens film, also having like the, the themes of motherhood uh, woven into, it, it works better because it's like, well, alien is just this creature or aliens. They are just these creatures that want to kill you. And here, when you bring in the themes of, I guess, 
just overall like oh, colonialism bad it's like yeah okay that that's that's obviously but it, it's too simple for a story like that i feel like it, it should be a bit more complicated if you actually want to tackle this and it seems like in the sequel they're stepping away from that from so far uh or like it, it's less a part of it and it's way more about just them as uh within the avatar tribe i don't know how much of the humans are like are part of the sequel um but but yeah i i like especially the one-liners i don't they, they don't fit this movie as well when they happen especially when like our leads say them and they fit way better in other films like in terminator 2 or in aliens you know i was really waiting for sam worthington to say yippee-ki-yay motherfucker for some reason don't ask me why, but it just felt like that's the quippiness that this film tried to go for. Speaking of this weird, like, element that's... This weird element that's in this film, there's so many little things like that that just... Mm. It, it seems like it works in a different sort of genre, but just not here. So yeah. the biggest one we... The biggest thing we complain about on this podcast, I feel like, is voiceovers. And yeah. I, will, I will admit, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not mm -hmm. a fan of voiceovers. I don't think yeah. they're completely necessary. They're They're... They're easy for exposition and they're, they're useful in a number of situations, okay? They're pretty bad in they're this. They're useful. <laughs> My yeah. God, are they terrible in this. They're I can't so tell horrible. Like, is, yeah. like the, by the way, it, it kind of matches the opening scene where, you, like, at first it matches, okay? At first, mm -hmm. the, the voiceover that Sam Worthington's doing uh, as Jake, where he's talking about the loss of his brother, he sounds like he's a noir gangster. He's like, yeah, Mr. Mr. Johnny on the spot here stabbed stabbed my brother to death because of some money because he owed the big mob boss and i was like okay it's like this interesting kind of mob thing and, and there's none of that you get the two mm -hmm. the two guys in the suit standing behind him as he looks at his brother dying in, in a little coffin well, not dying but dead in a coffin and that's like mm -hmm. this gangster sort of style but like then it continues on this entire voiceover continues on where it feels like it's a voiceover from a crime noir style voiceover in a sci-fi action movie. Like, it doesn't yeah. fit at all. N no. At all. I feel like you can bridge it in a way that he does, does those, like, video logs for a uh, junction of the film. And I think those can work. They also don't really work as well because I remember there's a, there's a story, uh, there's a part of the story where, like, Sigourney Weaver's character uh, like they play a part of it where like Jake Sully says like, well, they won't ever move. So uh, this is a waste of time. Yeah. And then all, everyone's like, no, it's like, well, obviously no. <laughs> I don't know, it's like, is yeah. that surprising to yeah. you? It's like some stupid stuff like that, where it's in, like mainly exposition and moving the plot forward. And when voiceover is used in that way, it's really distracting because you're like, well, visually tell us the story. Otherwise that doesn't need to just a quick debrief. Uh, I feel like they're yeah. totally fine as an opening thing to contextualize the world you're about to enter because that can, that can be like really confusing. Um, Especially because this yeah. film does open up very quickly into this world. Like you exactly. are exactly, yeah, yeah. You straight. It's in like there. one shot. You're 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 seeing him open up from a cryogenic sleep. Immediately, it's an external of the ship to a a a, a shot, very beautiful shot of the ship, by the way, turning into mm. a reflection of Pandora, and then yeah. you're there. And it's just, it throws you in. You're like 15 minutes in, you see a blue thing in a, in a vat and you're like, oh yeah, cool. This is your avatar. Oh, cool. Their avatar. What, what, I get it. What's the, what's the thing? I mean, and then you're in like, it's, it's so quick. 
it throws you in there. So the voiceover is necessary in a way, especially if he wants to get into mm. this film so quick because, you know, he's only got 162 minutes to spare. You know, you don't want to slow down and, and give I mean, a bit more detail. Three hours. I mean, he's, he's only, cut. yeah, he's only, yeah, you know, three hours. We've only got three hours to do this, guys. Come on, we've got to rush yeah. through this opening sequence. Only so, eight more movies. Like it, yeah, it, it throws you in quite quickly with how... Mm. It throws you with a lot of information and you're kind of just expected to pick up on it. And for most people, they will because the voiceover is very good when it comes to the describing it. But at the mm. same time, it just totally doesn't fit with this film. And then C, uh, there's just so much visually that's weird as well because you're thrown into this very CGI world with these mm -hmm. 2D flat humans. now. The, my issue with the CGI is not so much that it hasn't aged well. It's just that some particular shots are going to look, and I can, and I can tell, look so much better if you're watching it in 3D. And that's the issue and the gamble that James Cameron has made is that some of the opening yeah. shots where you have like that, that uh, like machine driving past as Jake kind of rolls into the, onto Pandora, it's very... Mm sort of it feels like it's a bit too close and too far at the same time as if it was like a 3d shot so there's a lot of yeah. cgi shots especially at the opening of this film that feel like they had 3d in mind and that 3d is the future and now that we're in 2022 and 3d is basically dead some of these cgi shots don't hold up as well in saying that to to to, to not just shit on the cgi some of these cgi shots are some of the most impressive cgi shots i've seen in a long 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 time I feel like all of the character stuff, you know, with the uh, Navi people, the mocap, it, it holds great. up to me. I think it, it looks, looks so good. Still, looks incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I even think some of the 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 flying scenes look incredible. A lot of the majority yeah. CGI stuff looks really good. Um, even the, mech the stuff, stuff flying in the ships, me, the mech opinion, stuff looks kind of yeah, meh. it doesn't look that great. Um, but mm. again, it's because they have a human in that suit it's the same thing yeah, when you watch the hulk uh, thing, right? what's that marvel yeah with the hulk in the suit in in uh, the yeah, uh, iron, iron man suit his head's yeah. just floating it it just doesn't feel right so you know to be 2009 and still have some 2020 problems like they do with the mcu cgi with a head in the suit kind of bobble uh you yeah. kind of still get that with the guys in the mech suits but mm -hmm. it, there, well, there's still james a, cameron a also made thing. that problem if you if you, if you yeah know. yeah but he also created this whole new genre of filmmaking with this motion capture advancements that he did. Uh, so it, well, yeah, it was already still, there. You know, he just used it more, like the stuff in. He just was like, camera, "We should use this." He popularized yeah. it. He claims to have founded it. It's been around before. Uh, there's like, yeah, no, no, he, he found likes it. to do that. I, I'll, I'll believe him. I'll believe him in that <laughs> right, one. Right. I'll believe that. He also was the first one to that. shoot underwater uh, with water as well. So he. Like uh, Titanic is exa retconned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Didn't do that. Um, so speaking of the motion motion capture stuff, obviously yeah. he had a camera with him kind of shooting it. And mm -hmm. that gives a lot of this handheldness that these yeah. shots have. So I wanted to ask mm -hmm. your thoughts on, I guess, the overall cinematography, because we've started talking about CGI and mm -hmm. you know, this is going to lead into a conversation about cinematography. So visually this film holds up i think for the majority yeah. of it what do you think i think the opening parts don't hold up as well where they focus way more on the handheld stuff where it almost 
pretends to be like part of this scientific experience with someone's you know, fly on the wall that's also holding a camera and just moving along. Uh, I don't know if that was mm -hmm. motivated by the 3D-ness of like, oh, you move, you'll move your head and the 3D thing will also move or what the motivation was there to make it like really dynamic. That doesn't work as, uh, as well for me. Once we get like to full Z CG territory for some of the like nature stuff uh, in the Na'vi, uh, I don't know what the planet's called, in that world, I think it looks stunning and amazing. And yeah. all the battle um, stuff is also like shot in a great, like, well, what do you think about the cinematography? Because a lot of it is just uh, CGI, right? It's, it's yeah, a, bit, uh, like a lot of it is CGI. I still think that it has a, a very strong presence with the, I guess, the handheldness because it really puts you yeah. in that perspective. And that's mm -hmm. a very important thing if you're trying to portray emotion visually is, is handheld gives you that sort of, oh, I'm kind of boots on the ground with these guys it in seems this less kind of polished. battle scene. And that draws yeah. you in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's mm -hmm. that documentary aspect of it. Uh, when mm -hmm. you're using handheld, it feels like you are there with them. So it's a it's mm -hmm. definitely a, a unique choice because you can look at, I guess, the Planet of the Apes films from... I guess me trying to remember it now, they always seem to be kind of like locked off motion capture. There seems to be, there's obviously camera movement, but it's not as handheld as what Pandora is because that's going yeah. to be a big film that we can compare the motion capture to because it's the only mm. other one that has essentially just massive like CG characters. Yeah. The apes, obviously, using the same capture technology. So yeah. for me, the the cinematography of this film is is stunning. It, it's great. James Cameron knows what he is doing when it comes to the visual side of this film. Mm, and, it, mm. and it's the same with every other film in the past. There's not a single James Cameron film that I can't think of that I just go, yeah, yeah cinematography is okay. I always think, yes, this cinematography is excellent. And it's because there's mm. these little, little bits of, you know, just a whip pan here or even just, the, my most memorable shot of this film is essentially Jake flying onto, uh, what's his name? Uh, Colonel Quatch's, Qu I can't remember his name. Uh, Stephen Lang's character. Stephen Lang. His name. Um, he, he like mm. lands on the, Jake lands on the ship, tries to throw the grenade. He throws it off. Anyway, it's Stephen Lang, you know, puncture, like holding his breath, trying to shoot him off, shoots him off. He gets into mm. the mech suit. He runs off. The whole ship explodes. He lands. Like, he, yeah. he, like you see the camera. It points up. It whips down to him landing on the ground with a big thud. And then immediately mm. the ship crashes behind him. And it's the, it's the sickest shot in the movie. It is the coolest shot in the movie. It's you go, yeah. that's a badass moment. And you hate this guy. Mm. He's a piece of shit. But you go, that's a cool shot. That was yeah. awesome. I love that moment. And yeah. I wish there was more th moments like that where I went, that was awesome. But there's not, unfortunately. But anyway, that was the best moment of the film visually for me if it coming to the cinematography. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's um, a whole bunch of moments that work quite well in, in the fight later on. Uh, I also think that the fight between when, he, when he's in the suit and he has like that really big knife that he can just like, <laughs> that he flips oh, around so as funny. they fight. Yeah. It's, it's a bit over the top, like such a super villain at that point. But um, yeah, it, it, it works well in, in some moments, but then others feel so introductory uh, to the world, like Jake Sully being in the Avatar out in the nature for the first time. And he touches those, uh, 
those, I don't know, whatever flowers or what they are. And they just, um, flunk, the ones that make get, the flunk sound and they just like yeah, flunk, shrink down flunk, and they shrink together, uh, revealing creature, big creature. And then he's like, Ooh, stay calm. You got to stand your ground. And then it's like a silly thing where like something moves behind them. It feels, uh, cliched in a lot of moments and the handheld stuff kind of m- helps give it more identity. Uh, and I feel mm. like that's what it's lacking to stick to that identity a bit more to make it something unique. Um, where yeah, no, yeah, it, I feel it, like it's a mold of a lot of different things. The whole Pandora world is creative. Yeah, the whole yeah. Pandora world is super creative and super unique. And there's these ideas of an alien species we've never seen before, but the story this that they're telling Hayao is just Miyazaki. the same old story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus, all right. That's a that's a statement right there. You should get that. I'm so, I'm, well, right. it's, I mean, I think, <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki is like in my top three film, favorite filmmakers of all time, and James Cameron yeah, isn't. True. I can already tell you that. So it's like to me, this is this feels a bit like more. Well, we should care about nature, uh, but also make a shit ton of money because I was the guy who told the alien people to put uh, an S at the end, and that's gonna make us a whole bunch of dollars. Like that's how I see James Cameron. Um, where like he he is really articulately crafting like advancements in in filmmaking and that's really his focus i don't know why it takes him 14 13 years to do this i don't think like we needed 13 years for the film he's about to do but i'll be the judge of that once i've seen it and um yeah hayao miyazaki also takes a shit ton of time to you know how i said earlier that uh hiari kojima is the scorsese yeah of the game world well i feel like James Cameron is mm-hmm. essentially like Valve when it comes to the Half-Life series in video games. Because Half-Life, they, Valve yeah. always says that they don't want to do a ha- another Half-Life game until there's advancements, like a, a, you know, an interesting physics engine and things like that. That's what they did with Half-Life mm-hmm. 2. And then Half-Life well, Alex was like VR. VR. So there's yeah. a big... In, I, it's the same with James Cameron. James Cameron doesn't want to do another movie until there's a massive advancement in, in sort of technology. Titanic? Massive in the CGI, massive mm. CGI shots, really successfully CGI shots, and also have another very successful film. And then he does like like if we go to James Cameron's IMDb page and look at his essentially his directed stuff, none of his produced or written and all that stuff because there's yeah. too many of those. But his actual directing things. So you've got like a bunch of to the swimming like stuff. You've got the Terminator. <laughs> Sick, yeah. you know, young director makes a cool thing. Aliens. He gets a sequel for a very successful horror film. What are you gonna do? Make a bunch of fucking money. Why? Because you want to show off that you've got your stuff. Then you've got a whole bunch of music videos. You got the Abyss. Have you seen yeah. the Abyss? I haven't. Have you seen the Abyss? Also, I haven't seen True Lies. Yeah, I haven't seen those. You two. haven't seen the Abyss. Okay. No. So. Yeah, it's the abyss. It's a. <laughs> I don't think I want to get into the abyss that much, um, and I don't think I want to get into true uh, lies either. I kind of just want to get straight to the, the the more interesting stuff as we get to more and more mm-hmm. advancements because there's still a lot of like really exciting, like CGI. I mean, the man stuff hasn't made a movie abyss in thirteen years. And the years. Terminator Two. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't made a movie in thirteen years. But you know, there's a lot of like computer generated advancements within Terminator Two and the Abyss. You move on, yeah. you've got True Lies, and then you've got Titanic. Titanic, massive CGI scenes, massive CGI shots, the whole ship CGI, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio CGI. Then you've got a whole bunch of like 
smaller things. And then you've got Avatar. Avatar, cool, big, successful hit. What is he doing next? Avatar 345. It's it's a bit disappointing, right? That uh, all of his efforts are in that world where, uh, you know, if it's for the sake of the argument of, um, I I feel like it doesn't make sense though. Uh, Hear me out on this because the the time for non-franchise films for singular entities of film to be successful is long gone. There might be one or the other outlier, but there's not a shit ton of money on, on it. Since 2009, since uh, I guess his last movie has been made, Marvel mm. has just, you know, steamrolled through what it means to be successful in the business. And they are not yeah. advancing anything in the slightest. They're also mismanaging their budget, spending way too much for not that much of an advancement, it's going to be interesting to compare the underwater stuff from Wakanda Forever with Avatar because it's going to be leaks. It's going to be so, so different. It's going to be so much better in this. And I can already tell because that's a focus that they want to go on and it's not just a character mm. that Marvel has on a sheet and then they put it in there. So for that sake of that argument, it does make sense. For me, I'm, I'm reluctant to see where he, wanna take, where he wants to take the story four, three, four, and five. But I feel like if there's money in there, he can also do the stuff that he wants to do uh, with Avatar that he might not get to do if, it, if he were to take like another original movie idea. But I, I might be off there. I don't know. That's just like how I see the, the industry at the moment. I guess, so I, I said this when we first started talking about like our general thoughts is that the this film wasn't successful because it didn't just have immediate sequels because as we've seen with any kind of very popular film there's sequels that follow it if we think about most recently Mm. you've got the marvel cinematic universe as an example but it's the same with any big saga star wars had a wicked you know a new hope awesome Mm. it was a wicked movie but it immediately had sequels and they were yeah. just as good, if not significantly better. You had, uh, you had Lord of the Rings as an example, you know. Yeah. And then sequels. You had Harry Potter, and then sequels. You have, you know, mm-hmm. Terminator. You have sequels. Aliens. You have sequels. You have all of these sequels, and they have solidified themselves within popular culture because they have those sequels. It's taken them thirteen years to make this sequel, yes, but. If they are able to do something interesting with this story, which if we look at Avatar The Way of the Waters, you know, that plot summary on on IMDb, Jake Sully Mm -hmm. lives with his newfound family formed on the planet of Pandora. Note, planet of Pandora, Mm -hmm. not the moon Pandora. They've changed it to a planet. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what they previously started, Jake must work with the Nitiri and the army of the Navari race to protect their planet. So... Here's what's going to happen. They're going to bring back the Earthling, okay? Yeah. Don't know so how long it's Stephen been, Lang. but they're going to bring back they're going to bring back Stephen Lang in some sort of form in in some sort of form and I have an idea of what they're going to do. But they're going to bring back Earth, the armies. He, Stephen Lang I reckon is dead. He's he's brown such, bread. No, no, no. What it, much like aliens, is, there's multiple Stephen Langs. There's multiple of him. There's multiple <laughs> Stephen Langs. And he can uh, go through he can go through metal. So it's a clash of <laughs> everything James Cameron has done before. Um, but more importantly, I feel like what's going to happen is 
it, you know how there's like this big connection, like this the whole planet speaks to each other with that like root network, yeah. and they can somehow the, transfer yeah, consciousness. Thing. Do you reckon yeah. that that uh, Awayi, whatever its name is, took the consciousness of Stephen Lang, and is going to put it in a newborn, like, blue person? <laughs> Maybe, but because Sigourney Weaver is also back, but she she died, you know. There. Yeah, she, but she died. Do you reckon you could get? So, they took her consciousness and put it into a newborn blue it's, baby. Yeah, it's called Retacon, and it's uh, yeah, a powerful <laughs> creature. Anyway, essentially, like what they're going to do is they're going to expand the idea of Pandora. They're going to expand yeah. different cultures, different tribes. They're going to have new animals, but more importantly, mm. they're going to be going underwater. Something that's never been really explored, especially on our planet. It's still so, still super unexplored. So yeah. it can go creatively anywhere and it's going to be super exciting. So hopefully there's going to be some super crazy, like super powerful underwater creature that they're going to kind of lock their s genital ten tentacles with. And uh, <laughs> do you like that? Gen gen genital tentacles. I like the tentacle stuff. Uh, yeah. Tentacle so genitals. Um, mm -hmm. With and they're going to communicate. That's with actually each how other. they get blue. They go underwater, then an octopus underwater comes, sprays so them long blue, and then that they yeah. hold their breath for so long. Yeah, that's why. That's why so because tall. even the air, the air to them is still toxic, so they have to hold their breath from when they're born. That's why they're blue because they can't breathe. Uh, yeah, can the uh, Navi people breathe underwater? Is that like because I would I try to no. not watch the the traders as much because I kind of want to go in not having seen like the big money shots. Uh, which I feel like they've successfully, well, I've kept away from them. I don't know how much they show in the trailers, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that much. they can breathe underwater. I think that there's there's a tribe that lives near the water. They don't live underwater. They're still similar to them. They're a different shade of blue, though. They're more like a <laughs> like a a greeny color. Okay, right. just keep that in yeah. mind. So you'll be able to tell the differences between the two tribes. Okay. You better tell the when you put when they when they put all their heads together, they form the the infinity Navi. Jeez, oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> you, we got to keep track of of uh, Stephen Lang's chin as we go along in this yeah. franchise. It might anyway, just I don't know where we're going with this conversation. <laughs> nutsack, like, uh, yeah, uh, I had something totally different when you mentioned Star Wars and the sequels because. Uh, I just wanted to mention that Bob Chapek, uh, the guy who's not the CEO anymore, was kind of holding off all of the Star Wars project project to no not go along. And now that Iger is back, I feel like we are probably going to be back on track with getting some new like theatrical Star Wars things as, as well. Where I feel like James Hell Cameron yeah. is does not behold to anyone because <laughs> I don't even know which studio is doing. Uh, I, I know that like, well, I guess Disney <laughs> with Fox. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> Like, but it doesn't feel like, uh, you know, stu uh, like Disney has that much to say over uh, Avatar uh, and, and his creative input there. Um, James Cameron is just doing his own thing at this point. He has his own, he has his own little office at Disney that he can just sit in. Yeah. <laughs> you reckon, you know, we get uh, you know, Walt Disney's head is, is frozen somewhere and uh, James Cameron is just going to be in a water tank until he like disassembles his, his earthly body i feel mm. like that could be a potential thing in the future he's, making, you, he's making avatar yeah. sequels until the very distant future 
Well, I mean, the obvious innovation for the new one is just, I guess, water big time. Uh, but like, I, I guess it's hard to tell, but what do you think would be advancements that we could even make that justify the potential sequels, which now he is scheduled to do every two years and he's already shot three, right? The advancements in visuals i don't okay so i don't think there is going to be any advancements i think that this is just disney cashing in on a on a very successful ip and they want to make some yeah. sequels off of it so i feel like mm. he's he's just in for the sequels because this is kind of like his his baby in a way and he wants to kind of make a sequel that's worthwhile so maybe maybe right mm. maybe avatar way of the water is the aliens that we were originally wanting to see when Avatar first came right. out. Maybe that now that you've got an established world, established characters, established villains, established everything, right? You can start mm. bringing in some cool, creative new ideas and he can have yeah. a bit of fun with it, right? As much as we yeah. all love the Terminator, mm. Terminator 2 is the, is the better movie. Yeah. And now here, right? all I'm waiting for is, you know, I think Jake Sully has kids in this as well, right? Uh, yes, he his does. His new family. So now I don't want the voice voiceover from Jake Sully anymore. I want it from one of his children. Because that's how he does yes. cinema. <laughs> to set up the next generation. Um, Maybe they can breathe on the water. No, it doesn't look like they're breathing. Okay, no, they're not breathing on the water, I don't think. Well, something that I also found really funny is that, like, you, you know, you get, like, a lot of technolo technological advancements and, like, something groundbreaking in the cinema sphere. And then when the Navi talk, it's uh, the translation font is papyrus. <laughs> it's just yellow. Yep. Well, I feel like there's, there's one more moment that I would love to talk about before, before we, we close out our preparations. For, I know you want to talk about uh, the, the sex Avatar scene. sequel. What's oh, I, no. I, I don't even know what's sex scene. scene. Oh, did you? Well, I, I want to talk. Uh, no. The one where uh, they the touch genital ten gen gen genitals, tentacles. Tentacles, gentles. The gentacles the is what they're called. Gentacles. Yeah. Um, no, the tree falling. Because I feel like that's a really impactful ah. moment that also works super well. That's just terrifying. As like this tree, yep. this big old tree falls and like everything kind of darkens. Uh, you know, it, it's really carefully done shadow work that's subtle. But it's so terrifying that like, you know, the, 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 there's light coming through from some point. But that light that we got as a source for what we are seeing is kind of cut off because this huge tree is falling. And um, hmm. the aftermath is a bit funny because everything is kind of, uh, you know, it looks like women talking or like the emancipation to, to drop some recent uh, film references here. But it's like super desaturated because this tree has died and everything around it has died. It's a bit like over the top uh, when it comes to the color. Very over the top. I kind of want to talk, unless you got something to say about the tree. I feel like the color grade is another really interesting thing because it's 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 a bit over vibrant uh, a lot of the time. Would you agree, or do you like this? I would agree, but uh, I think it works just because it's a it's a distant planet. Uh, yeah. Essentially, I, I there is in the extended cut essentially like a scene on earth and it's a little bit grim so it is a nice juxtaposition of this beautiful lush earth or this beautiful mm -hmm. lush planet that they're on or moon in the in the original but the sequel's a planet yeah. but essentially i don't hate it because it's a beautiful very untouched pristine planet not 
destroyed by pollution and it's a great example and it's a, and, it, and then it makes that scene that's very undersaturated and there's no the black and white scene in this the artistic uh indie scene in this film uh it has a bit more weight yeah. to it because it's significantly yeah. less saturated now i feel like the saturation is just out of his <laughs> out of its mind in, mm-hmm. in that scene it's just like the guy who was editing just went whoops and slipped all the way down so how zero. green do you want this uh, and he was like yes yeah <laughs> yes uh-huh. uh and i feel like james cameron had the saturation and he just kept going up and up and up and they're like hey man you can stop he's like no no just a little bit further so it has its place i think it's fine but man you you aren't kidding the the scene where the tree falls over and it is just black and white it's just why is it so black and white right now yeah mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes back to not being like that after all because it's like it i don't know it feels like it's it's guiding you with how you're feeling it's like the wonderful nature-ness thing and when they get into the fight and like you know the the earth uh or pandora is like fighting as well with all the creatures it's really vibrant again uh so, i don't know it goes like back and forth to whatever is like the most suitable for for the scene um to me nothing stands out when it comes to the score i don't i didn't even have any notes on that i feel like it's just really simple nah, overall. there's nothing special about the music it's good yeah it does the job it's all right uh and dude i think that kind of brings us to the end of uh, our overall discussions other than i guess the performances in this i feel like are pretty solid i feel like the two female leads with soya zeldada and Sigourney weaver are my highlights all of the other ones are a bit more over the top even michelle rodriguez is a bit like you know she's just playing a like stereotype type of character and uh yeah. sigourney weaver is just one of the best actresses ever she brings so much depth to even a character that um is kind of also like everyone else kind of simple you know the scientist who wants the best for whatever she's observing because she's about like she's the biologist she's about that uh but she brings so much to it uh that i don't think like she 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 gets more out of the role than is essentially there and the same worthington there's a reason why this guy hasn't like exploded into the stratosphere of stardom when it comes to like his performances because it's he could be he could be exchanged with any other actor in this role it wouldn't really change much in my opinion um but yeah, Lachlan. He should be changed uh, with Al Pacino. <laughs> Recast by, yeah. with Al Pacino. I want a guy who uh, from the Game Awards, that short kid. Or Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci as well, yeah. <laughs> the Avatar goes Irish. Or Timothy Prince. Chalamet. That's actually not outside of the realm of possibility that like Timothy Chalamet pops into idea. this franchise. Because he's, yeah, is yeah. He, uh, he's already doing stuff in Dune with people with blue eyes. Why not extend that to the skin color? And he's color already and been to... No, he wasn't... In, he, I thought he went to space and Interstellar, but he didn't. Don't worry. He's the same Anyways, Lachlan, let's put a rating to this 13-year-old film, um, Avatar 2009. Um, still got lots of air left, not the last airbender. What do you give that film? In a rating out of five. Two and a half stars out of five. Wow. Okay. I thought that you were going to land on it uh, more positively than me. Uh, to me, I'm going to give this a three out of five. I think that. Wow. I feel like I'm praising three. it, but I, I thought that that was low, low overall. 
And we definitely lower than the. You're the indie guy. The Disney lover. You're the guy. Yeah. You're the guy who who dislikes the mainstream I, films. Yeah, you should I'm playing because this is not the lighthouse. You should hate it. <laughs> I actually like the lighthouse. I didn't love the lighthouse. If I'm being completely mm. honest. So but clearly you loved a new Avatar. Leaf. I did. I loved it. That's why I'm giving it a mm. three out of five, which is totally my rating and a gift to movies that I absolutely adore. Uh, but yeah, that's that. Um, it's going to be a Avatar-filled uh, week, back to back. Uh, next week, we'll be back. Uh, if you didn't uh, hear about it yet, uh, one of us, Blue, um, actually just um, tried to get like blue paint in time um, <laughs> if I end up losing. Because if you don't know, Lachlan and I got this little bet going. Um, if the movie makes more than $140 million in the domestic opening, uh, I have to paint myself blue. If it makes less than that, then Lachlan uh, will do the same. Um, so yeah, one of us will turn up blue for that, uh, for that um, review, which I'm really looking forward to. But um, we'll see. We'll see next week. We'll talk about the film that is the only uh, really wide new release that week on December 16th. Um, we are getting Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, also out by then is Steven Spielberg's new film, The Fablemans. Um, it's getting a VOD release. And uh, yeah, Lachlan, <laughs> we are ready. That's I us. think we should both get the, the blue paint and... <laughs> end up being blue no uh or i just turn up the the like um you know color filter and just um do that in a post effect but no that would be you can't do that you got to do the real thing yeah. but um yeah that's the all the releases thing. next week we'll also be talking about avatar 2 that's uh what we'll be doing um but um when it comes to films that you can watch in the meantime something that pairs maybe nicely with avatar let's head on over to the picks of the week so Lachlan, what would you tell people to go see right now well obviously i wanted to think of a film that was just as culturally insignificant but <laughs> tried to be something uh-huh and i like that idea i have two picks Okay, yeah. I have two picks. One that answers that, and then one that's a legitimate pick. So if you want to watch a film that's culturally insignificant, but try so fucking hard to be culturally significant, go watch Ready Player One. It's a Steven Spielberg classic. However, if you actually want to watch a good film from 2009, that's way less successful, but definitely more culturally significant. And in my opinion, I would say one of the best films that this director has ever made. Inglorious mm -hmm. Bastards by Quentin Tarantino Ooh. came out in 2009. Yeah. That's the movie from 2009 you should go watch. Well, I'm uh, sticking with James Cameron on this one. Um, not my favorite of his filmography, but uh, definitely up there as a film that I would say is also better than Avatar and is way more culturally significant where it feels like no one on this planet has not seen it. And I'm talking about uh, the, the film from 19... 97, the last film he made before Avatar, that being Titanic with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. And if you didn't uh, see Kate Winslet, Kate Winslet actually returns uh, for the Avatar sequel. So she'll be in that one. Uh, looking forward to see what she'll do because I think she she once stated that like it was it was hell. She she like wanted to die on the set of Titanic because uh, yeah, James Cameron apparently was kind of a, a 
an asshole to work with overall. But um, yeah, <laughs> that brings us to the end of the show. If you somehow haven't seen Titanic, go see that. Uh, next week, like I said, we'll be talking about Avatar 2, The Way of Water. In the meantime, you can go follow all of our socials. Those are linked below for Quiet On Set. There's a link tree. Uh, same goes for Lachlan and uh, mine, uh, Lachlan and my socials. Uh, check out our TikTok. Check out our YouTube shorts. We're doing a bit more over there. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave a like on the episode. Helps us uh, grow the show. And uh, to close out the show, Lachlan, I want to ask you, how long can you hold your breath? Uh, pretty well. I used to swim. Yeah? For how long? I could probably hold my breath underwater for... I reckon I could do two minutes. Cool. <laughs> Are you going to get me to film myself <laughs> holding my breath underwater for two minutes? <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I totally can. I'll go to the pool. It's too cold sure, for you to do it. it. Actually, no, Ewan, you should also do it. Well, it's it's snowing outside. I feel like it's a bit cold. It's exactly. minus degrees here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>